Alrighty, guys, what is up? We've got another episode of the hashtag Sweat Local CLT podcast. We've been in hibernation mode with COVID and openings of non-essential businesses and, and all that jazz and then everything going on. And uh, this is the first one back in a few weeks and really, really excited, very relative at the time. We've got Sir Will and Dammit Wesley here from, and essentially we originally found you guys with Black Market CLT. Yes. Right? So, and I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about... Wesley probably still got paint all over his fingernails and shit from doing the streets oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the other day. But I, I want to jam and just kind of talk about everything you guys have got going on and get to like even the, the early stage origins to this whole thing. So how would you consider you guys are you fall in this genre of creatives, creators, content with visual, audio, whatever. Where, where, someone asks you, what did you do? What's the answer? <laughs> I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. Define that is a little bit um, wide range because we do a lot, but the best way to say it, if somebody asked me particularly what I do, I am a visual content director. I create digital content for brands, other creatives, myself, whatever, in any particular nature for digital consumption, uh, through video, photography, also creative management, and I do run an art gallery studio called Black Market Charlotte, as you said, where we kind of cater to different local artists of color, just giving them a safe space to harbor. That's the short version. <laughs> and that's the short version. Yeah. yeah. I, what's your short version, Wes? Um, I mean, I don't have a short version. As a <laughs> as an entrepreneur, I I wear more hats than I can name. Yeah. So um, I just prefer the moniker of a creator. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a trained fine artist, a graphic designer, photographer. I'm a DJ. I'm a curator. Um, but my primary focus is creating. Um, black experiences that don't quite exist within the normal scope of what we see in the nightlife and entertainment industry. Okay. So let me now, let me boil that down a little bit more. What is getting into creative? So I hear your story. I'm like, I grew up a nerd with a camera. Mm -hmm. I, I knew how to work a camera. And then all of a sudden, you know, this world hits where every brand and every story and every artist and every emerging, everybody wants some video content or wants, they need something to put on their social media or whatever. And now all of a sudden your line of work got really cool, really fast. Previous yeah. to that videographers, you talk about that. That's the dude you hire, like at the weddings, like mm -hmm. wedding gigs, graduation gigs. Where did you, when did you really start getting into main, like going ahead and doing creative work versus what I would imagine early days photography and videography mm -hmm. probably was a little bit more boring. Yeah, so I mean, yes, the, the, the boil down is I've always used to have a camera as a kid sure. in high school taking pictures of everything, but I won't say I was a photographer then. It was more or less around college when I went back. Um, people started asking me to just do stuff. Okay. I'd be in the art department where they over there, hey, can you just take pictures of us doing this? Can you take pictures of me doing that? And it just kind of boiled over from there. But the real whole creative aspect probably came within the last two to three years. Uh, seeing Wesley actually doing stuff, I'm like, man, I'm here. I like shooting pictures, but I'm tired of this whole technical aspect yeah, of things. Yeah. I do weddings sometimes. I take photos for fun, but let me actually figure out more of an artistic style towards it and developing my own vision from it. Everybody kept telling me, I appreciate people telling me, hell, yeah, you look, this is great, this is good, but I didn't feel comfortable with it yet. So as I started working on that process, and that's where it kind of came around. Yeah. So it wasn't like, artistic vision on my life has really been like the last three years you, you were a technician you're just good with the camera yeah. people knew that and then it came into a way of like i could do something a little bit cooler than taking photos of you you know graduating yeah. uncc i was always a tech geek in general okay growing up so <laughs> he, ain't <lying. laughs> he ain't lying how long have you guys known each other like a decade like 12 years 2000 what did you come 2004 2005 since then 
So, Dang. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah long yeah. time. Yeah. What was the genesis? What was the meeting point? Yeah. Oh, uh, we were neighbors in college, and then we became college roommates because I had to switch out my dorm room. There was a guy who never went to sleep, and he had some bad habits that made my skin crawl. And <laughs> You got to you know, go. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I had to get the hell up out of it. I can't take that no more. Yeah. I got lucky to have my own room, and I was like, all right, that's cool. When you are in the art department like me and you work a front desk, you're really only in the room when you're sleeping yeah. and stuff. So it wasn't a lot of crossover. So for you, early stage, what was your first ex into getting creative, whether it was like recreationally or like first paid gigs? Where did the because there's that transition where I'm creative as hell. Oh, entrepreneur. There's like that transition where you make the first sale or you get paid for a gig. OK. All right. So like for 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 me, I have a I have an extremely different perspective on like my creativity. So I grew up with a speech impediment. I had a uh, I had a really bad stutter growing up. So for me. Art was always like a visual language and stuff. You know, when you can't quite spell yet, pictures and hieroglyphs are how you communicate mm -hmm. things like feelings and emotions. So I never quite attached the business aspects to art while growing up. I knew people were painters, but I didn't know, like, I could get money for painting. I didn't know I could put stuff in the gallery. I didn't know how museums work. I never cared to. Um, I just wanted to be, like, a graphic designer in college. And while I was there, I was more interested in, I guess, like, the... That the process of manipulating people to behave a certain way based off what I designed. So to put that to the test, I came up with this uh, faux concert series called Swagger Jet. I went to, we went to Winthrop University, so it's a predominantly white institution in Rock Hill, South Carolina, but it had a very large black population. And every homecoming, we would miss out on all the dope stuff, you know, like T.I. never came to campus. We never got like an early Chris Brown performance, nothing. It's just born so we kind of figured i try to bring somebody one time spice they it shut up. us down last yeah time. yeah yeah so so you know we feel like we have no money but we can spice up we'll just dress people up that look like the people on campus and do it that way and it snowballed into this huge thing that the campus did for like almost eight years after we had graduated at the time so i think that's so like you my, just find like the doppelganger for riyadh and just you dress up your her like just find celebrities yep. artists all that yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah legit so like before there was a trap karaoke we were already doing something extremely similar to it on our uh, small campus. But the fun thing for me was not only like making promo materials that had the city of Rock Hill and even Charlotte calling us asking, hey, yo, is such and such really going to be there? Why the ticket's so cheap? <laughs> to like creating like <laughs> promotional materials of the students there and having full blown photo shoots and video shoots and all that kind of stuff. So I was becoming more interested in the human experience attached to design work. And I think oh go ahead. No, you I, I about to say I think the best thing about that is I kind of felt that that was a way of me developing my creative skills well too because it allowed a lot of kids on campus who were using skills because it's a very technical programs on there when you learn how to shoot from editing to audio stuff like that to actually be like oh I can actually think differently and use what I know now to create something that I'm going to enjoy and other people on campus so a lot of people really got to bring their bring their stuff together they bring their skills together and really just creatively just do what they felt was right and it wasn't like we were telling them he was telling them oh that's wrong was like that looks good go for Speaking it right here Just go for go it for let's it. go let's go you want to do what okay go ahead and do it the good the bad the ugly i want it all yeah. so all this so it manifests and you're in a city of charlotte i want to would you say pre this and the you know what we're sitting here the the country's largest mm -hmm. you know rights movement somewhere like this largest protest standing we've ever seen pre that would you say charlotte was is creative 
Is Charlotte as creative, or is something like this bring out the creativity in people who maybe were a little hesitant <laughs> to be creative? What, what there would you are, say? So there are creative people in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Charlotte is not that creative. Um, I, I, I only say that out of love because we have been operating and, and, and networking and, and finding like brothers and sisters within like this underground creative community for years, yeah, years. And, and out of all the people like that we've met, very few of them have seen success or found support or even financial backing or even a cosign from the city mm -hmm. to just kind of like not even push crazy ideas, but just to like exist as a creative. So like, I think one of the best things to happen to a place like Charlotte is the pandemic hit. Everybody was forced to stay in the house and they realized it's ugly in here. Yeah. I don't have any good yeah. wall art. Why don't I have good pictures of my family? You know, if I was to die today, if the coronavirus got me today, right? How would I be remembered? By this like bilk photo that I took a couple of years ago for Christmas? Maybe I should find somebody and pay them actual money to do something to immortalize me, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been seeing a lot of that. A lot of my artist friends have been thriving throughout the pandemic because they're being hit with commissions. They have opportunities mm -hmm. to sit down and edit long-form content. They're able to make podcasts and people are actually at home to listen to it. You know, everybody's on their phone all day anyway, so now you're getting the likes, you're getting the shares, you're getting yeah. the love, you're getting the encouragement that you need. So it was a plus for us. It only took the end of the world for everybody to pay attention to not only yeah. artists, but to black artists, and yeah. it's fucking sad. I mean, is that kind of why, I mean, take Pandemic out of it, but is that kind of why you guys started the whole black market in the first place? Oh, yeah. Most yeah, definitely. just trying to find that space for, yeah. for black so, artists. Black market honestly started after Collective that him and a DJ, DJ Fanny made. We did shows for three to four years before called Damn It Fanny where we pretty much took over a location every month, literally for five years, and was like four or five years? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. about four years, yeah. Yeah, and would have an underground art show featuring a lot of the artists that you see now were either just getting their start out doing that time, or they were underground doing their stuff like, oh, there's a collective of people and bringing people together. So we did that forever before we even opened up a location, and it just kind of snowballed into Black Market, which we were like, okay, we kept doing this, making a safe space in different places. Why not just have one space here? Mm -hmm. And that's how we ended up. And, it, and it's one of those things, too, as an artist, like I mentioned, you, you, make, you make a thousand one pops, something like that. So the, who, who, who is responsible for the Charlotte? That's you? Okay. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> so I uh, see that, and like that's something that you see that's very 704, very Charlotte culture-esque, right? You can mm -hmm. see that anyone and everyone transplant just moved here a month ago or a native that's been yeah. here for 32 years will look behind it and be like, I can get behind that. That's awesome. I want to rock that. Get that blown up on my giant-ass wall in my apartment complex. What can I commission you for that? Something like that. Mm -hmm. It takes something... You know, for an artist, it's a thousand at bats. I imagine, you know, photography take a hundred thousand photos, and you get one or two to absolutely pop. What was the first thing for you that popped? That pops, pops. Yeah, that like popped. Are you like that's when I started getting some recognition, Man. whether it be an event you put on or a singular piece of the, art. The first couple things, actually. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, it's things kind of like happen in waves and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think like the first time I realized I got something was when we got like our first sponsorship. For like a damn it fanny event so i was like oh my god we got free alcohol great this is this is lit <laughs> we made it we yeah, made yeah. it yeah we, we made it we're you know we're, we're, we're getting paid to get people drunk yeah. and to buy art right cool awesome and also for me like there was the first time like i sold my first big commission right i made like i made like fifteen hundred dollars off a single paint i was like yeah, yeah i can do this and i think what was, what was the first two years it was two or three years ago two years ago 
two yeah two so, years ago this yeah. would have been the third year yeah. yeah so it's like I, I think for like the both of us or just us as like a company in general uh we did uh do rag fest right on yeah. juneteenth and you know we were just thinking it was gonna be like a small gallery situation with people walking around our campus with do rags and stuff maybe three four hundred people man maybe three hundred four people three like 1200 people later and, yeah. and and a couple of spots on espn yeah, yeah. we're like oh we have something. Yeah, we have something. Oh, okay. Yeah. It popped, yeah. right? Yeah. But oh. you don't know it. When you're making it at the time, you're so close to it and putting it together. Most people, unless you've got that just crazy audacity, like, how oh, this ain't going to be shit. This is just going to be a thing. It's going mm-hmm. to be cool. It's not going to be It's not gonna be iconic. And then it'd be something, and then it catches. The right people see it. You do it really well, and then they want it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many times did you do the do right fest? We have we've done it two times. We were supposed to do it again next week, right. uh, but you know, COVID, and I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to be responsible for having like a thousand or two thousand people in a small contained space. You. Yeah, 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 you know, no. despite there being protests. Um, but like for me personally, I can't speak for Will. Like, I have tunnel vision when it comes to like creativity. So while the current thing is going on. I'm already looking at the next one, right? So, like, that aftermath or, like, the numbers from the event, I'm not so much focused on that. That's cool. But I'm like, when's round two? Yeah, right? Yeah. When, when we doing what this shit? Doing now? Yeah. See, and I do a little bit of both. I do have to – I have to be – so, I grew up more business-minded first. So, I have to look at the numbers and be like, okay, cool. So, we're going to make this happen. But remember this one little dip right here? We need to figure this out mm-hmm. type part. So, yeah, I can get tunnel vision sometime, but at the same time, I do have to go back, sit back, look at it, and be like, okay, what does all this look like for us physically? Our, yeah, like, yeah. visually, it looked great, but physically, how did this make sense? How can we fix this later on? It, it, it's go a good pairing yeah. to have those two things going on. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So Isaac's been with me since I, I started this thing in 2010, right? That's me. So he she's that, yeah. Isaac. Isaac, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. I had a feeling when he was pointing at what yeah. I was like, that's, yeah, that's me. You yell Sarah in here, you'll get nine, nine yeah. checks to turn around. So Isaac and. Um, it's, yeah, you sometimes you just need a Batman to the Robin. You need someone yeah. to, you know, I suck at this. You're good at that. Cool. That, that, that makes for a good pairing. I want to go back to some West said, you know, looking at Charlotte not being creative yet, even though it's filled with creative people, are there any cities you look at that you kind of think, like, shit, we need to get on that city's level? Oh, yeah. Listen, Atlanta, like, okay, so, like, listen, yeah. right down the street, right? Atlanta has the formula. Okay, they figured it out. Um, I remember the first time I went down there for uh, uh, A3C, I, you know, I had like a little official badge. I was an artist. And that was the first time ever, like, I saw painters getting the same love as rappers. Photographers are out here, yeah. like, looking like rock stars. Like, you know, if you're a visual artist, people know your name. They buy your merch. Yeah. They shout you out. Like, you know, you're treated almost like you're, you're a celebrity, yeah. right? And for whatever reason, it's hard to get that in places like... Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, you know, you, you go to Miami and stuff. You got some murals down there. Okay, cool. Yeah, dope. You're a celebrity, right? We take pictures from your shit all the time. You go to L.A., they know who you are. You go to New York, it's, it's really tough, but the same thing. So I knew celebrity culture could exist within, like, uh, artist communities. But I don't think it was until just recently that people realized that their lives consist of the uh, of the the visuals that creatives make and stuff like whether that's a branded graphic t-shirt yeah. or you know the Hell, mural the companies uptown. that built this i had those custom made we had someone come in here right. a local company yeah. be like yeah. i want it to fit and feel this kind of thing yeah yeah the yeah. shit you're sitting on the stuff you're wearing mm-hmm. you know the it's I, and i saw i saw um 
you have to talk with Vi Lyles. Yesterday mm-hmm. she came by, right? Yeah. Is there what's that communication like? Is there communication at that level of saying like, hey, how can we make Charlotte a more creative place? <laughs> if we have an, we do have this army, obviously, you mm-hmm. were able to organize in however many, two, three, four days, mm-hmm. an army of creative people. So if you can organize them that quickly for a project that matters like that, mm-hmm. is then what what's stopping? How do we make Charlotte a more creative place? Man, I, to to be honest with you, I don't I don't I don't want to say I don't have the answer because there are so many things that can be done to implement that. I know like um, a couple of years ago when we first started Black Market, um, I I had a talk with only creatives in which I was trying to see if there was a way we could like leverage our um our value in the city and stuff right so like essentially i wanted to create a ransom note situation right it's like charlotte needs to provide us the things that we need as artists or else we're taking our towns to south beach right which is true yeah because you know uh the beautification of a city is what keeps tourists coming in it, it, it you know it keeps commerce up it keeps traffic at certain places and stuff right so our existence here is very important now should you choose not to follow through cool leave but I found out that at that time, even as an artist, even as creatives, we didn't know what the fuck it is that we needed to demand from the government yeah. or what resources the government even had to implement um, our, 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 our existence being valid in the city. So that took some time to figure out. That's so interesting. So like the urbanization, you look at areas like South End, right? South mm-hmm. End's the cool, young, hip district in Charlotte, right? It's got all the love. It's got the pretty everything. And then you go to areas like you go to where the plaza goes from the plaza and Plaza Midwood, all the nice homes and shit, to where the plaza becomes less gentrified. It is not as – and then you look at areas like Noda where artists just say fuck it and just go up to the side of a building and throw a mural up and say just deal with it. This yeah. is here. I'm not even mm-hmm. asking permission. Is that gorilla-type art? I think that's almost more organic in like you see in cities like the New Yorks, the Chicago's, yeah. the Boston's, where no one even asks the permission. They just put it up and popular opinion, especially now in social media, is going to approve it. Who did the the Purell? Someone did like the Purell the Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did they get this fuck it, I got an idea. I'm no, no, no. There. So so uh so Flamingo, Flamingo did that with his own money. Okay. Nobody paid for that, right? Yeah. And there are a lot of muralists in the city. That will just, they'll get permission for the wall and out of their own pocket, they will throw that up. Now, meanwhile, you know, you have places like Philly and Chicago, they have actual mural programs where the city commissions these people to put this work up, right? And it's beautiful. It's good. If you want to, I think a lot of urban areas learn that within the streets, there's a certain code in which you don't violate another street artist's work, right? You don't do that. If not, you'll get your ass kicked. Sure. So to cut down on just like random graffiti and stuff, they hired the artists or like paid the writers to do actual work on the wall. It's not going to get defaced. And if it does, the city pays them to go back and clean it up, right? That's not that big of a deal. That, that, that shouldn't be a problem. Sure. Right. So like when we get into this conversation with like defunding the police and stuff, right? And, you know, we looked at, like, 40% of the city's budget is going to policing, you know, things like tear gas, you know, bomb-ass squad cars, uh, protective gear for whatever shit they're not stopping, right? And then we look at, like, uh, budgets that we have for, like, art and recreation, these things, right? It's like 0.2% that we get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if they just raise what we get to 1%, just 1% of the city's money is going to uh, artists, Think how much better this place would look. Yeah. yeah. Right? For sure. It's and, one of, go ahead. Yeah, and I'll say it to kind of add on to everything that was just put down there. Um, great point. So for instance, what we might what I might think that we might be missing is, 
really that big push from the city, even if it was just an increase of the money that goes towards local local artists. I say local artists. Mm-hmm. The city does believe in artistic build, but a lot of stuff doesn't come from local artists. It doesn't. Granted, I understand getting certain names to bring light to certain stuff, but you just got to believe in your local artists. Your local artists will never become that big name if you don't believe them. They're going to have to go someplace else and do it. But that's something that Atlanta had is when it came to providing money for artists and at the same time banks and stuff believing in them and loans and loans and stuff like that for them to actually over be able to take over buildings take over blocks that's something i saw we saw with like maya bailey and them at city of inc is they were actually able to get the money that they needed from the city to actually take over one of the blocks in atlanta was it East edgewood city, West, edgewood yeah i could no that edgewood yeah edgewood and the other side of block in west atlanta um and actually like buy buildings buy units they have studios they have places that can rent out they have Organizations where actual kids can be part of and be resident artists. Peter Street. Like Peter, P- Street yeah, Peter Street Station. Yeah, Peter Street Station. Things like that is really honestly what the last thing the city is kind of needing is that belief in the actual artist. And the bigger thing is more artists of color. Right. Um, we, we get shunned a lot when it comes to things. Even like during this whole coronavirus time, applying for a lot of the micro grants that the city was offering. I talked to a lot of people. A lot of us weren't really getting it. They end up creating one specifically for artists and small businesses of color, but it's still kind of a slow process. And, everything. and you have guys, you know, you got Braxton at the city level. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the dude's having to go to the point of getting arrested, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, uh, you know, doing his thing. And obviously that did pass to defund and take out the tear gas and all that yeah. stuff. Have they talked about that reallocation of that money in the budget? I, as far as far as I know, I didn't, I didn't make it to that budget meeting. That night, mm-hmm. because you know, we're getting ready to do a citywide mural. <laughs> right. But um, I, I, I can only assume that things like this take time. Uh, they, 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 it takes people to advocate on a behalf. It, it's also going to take effort from the artists being present in those rooms, being present mm-hmm. in those meetings, staying in like Vilao's DMs. Um, I, I think a lot of this can actually be fixed and remedied by actually, you know, turning a lot of these people. In, in, in positions of power and authority into art collectors and stuff, right? You you value people differently when you have some type of ownership mm-hmm. over um, the things they create and, and some of their uh, IPs and, and intellectual properties and stuff, right? So I'm just going to be optimistic yeah. and assume that uh, the outpouring of support and love that, that, that we've been seeing in the past 12 hours for for, for for a street mural, you know, to the point that people are out in the rain, literally blocking off the intersection so nobody can ride over it and stuff, right? That's important. Um, it could be argued that, you know, symbolism is meaningless in situations like this where it's a protest. But also, we have to remember that, like, symbolism is what gives people hope. Symbolism is what gets people through. Uh, we, we have sports symbols all the time and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, during the Civil Rights Movement um, or like during Vietnam, Muhammad Ali stood for something, right? You know, he wasn't going to fight the white man's war. He wasn't going to go and uh, kill um, Southeast Asians and the Vietnamese just because the American government says so, right? Despite him not doing anything, that resistance meant something. He was turned into a symbol, right? Michael Jordan, he is a symbol, whether he gives to the public or not. He's a symbol. As we learned, Kobe Bryant, right, even in his death, he's a symbol. What he stands for encourages and influences people to behave in a certain manner, and that is art, and that has always been art. Yeah, because people don't follow people. They follow the movements they create because the Michael Jordans and the Kobe Bryants of the world will come and go just like that art on the ground will come and go at some point. Yes. But 
it's the fact that it was there. It's going to be the remembrance of it. And, and the, the idea, you know, you think about someone up in their fucking penthouse whipping open the blinds and having to look down and see this shit. Mm-hmm. They have to see that yeah. every day. And, and I, I, I personally love the placement of it because. How much say did you have in the placement of it? Me, like me, me personally, when, when I got the phone call from, from my homegirl, Sam, she told me, sure, she's like, we're going to do this mural in Uptown. Like, I, I got to go ahead and do this thing on Tryon in front of Center City. In front of Center City. I'm like, okay, dope. Now, at the time, I wasn't thinking about that location, but when I got out there and I looked around, I saw the penthouses, I saw the yeah. opulence and stuff. You know, you know I, I understood, mm-hmm. like, if Cam Newton, yeah. It, yeah, it's like if Cam Newton was still here, he'd be sure. looking over the balcony of his, like, $4 million yeah. penthouse, mm-hmm. right? So there are people with money. You know, we're in the what South. It's mostly it white people with old and new money that have to look out every day and, you know, just kind of gestate and matriculate on the idea, like, maybe it is fucked up that we have to say Black Lives Matter. It's kind of retarded that I just have Ooh, to remind yeah. people that people matter. Yeah, matter. Base, ba- the, baseline, the, the, just, just matter. matter. Just matter. The Michael, like, the, the, um, my, my, the, yeah, my, yeah, Michael Che. Yeah, Michael Che. That stand-up line, that, that piece is so important right now for so me just to go back and watch that right now. Yeah. Like, just matter. Um, if anyone knows Michael Che, he's a stand-up comedian. Dude's fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You got it. He's got Smart a great comedy. point. And what is that, two years ago he had that? Yeah. I mean, and how much more relative could it be now? You think about, like, when I think about like art and Charlotte and obviously with the, the goal of this podcast again is, is this, this idea of, of Charlotte pride, whether you're here or not, because mm-hmm. more people claim home, claim Charlotte as home that are not native here. that don't, that aren't yeah. from down the road and all that stuff like it's myself. Transplant oh, yeah. huge. Yeah. We're a huge amount of transplants. What is it like right now? If you were to think what's the art district in, <laughs> in Charlotte? And I think like, cause I think you have a couple opinions. You might be like, someone might say C3 labs in South End. You'd be like, yeah, but it's South End. It's all, mm-hmm. it's up. It's not, it's, you, it's not there yet. We want to see something a little bit more grassroots. So I'll say this. There isn't one. I don't think there's one particular um, arts district right now. Everybody wants to buy to become the arts district. Like South End wants to become a, just sure. cause they have a couple extra galleries. Mm-hmm. Noda was on that track years ago, like a decade ago. Then it just kind of changed a little bit. Uh, granted, a lot of people still think, oh, no, this for art district. That's where a lot of murals are, but that's just where they can put them up. Yeah. Well, I think we are kind of missing that one area that could be it. But at the same time, does yeah, really I don't, I, I don't, I don't think we have a true art district. Yeah. District, we don't necessarily need one, but the last standing art neighborhood is Plaza Midwood. Yeah. And we need to wrap that bitch in bubble wrap because, <laughs> I mean, I, I, like dead ass, like gentrification is a scary thing when you see that all the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the, the people that have the good ideas, the, the, the people that make Charlotte what it is, the people that give identity to places are the first ones to get pushed out and dismissed. That's problematic. That's how you end up with gray slate buildings and units everywhere. So everybody wants to talk about like, what's the identity of Charlotte? We don't have an identity. Well, we don't have enough time for you to develop one because as soon as we get something popping, you raise the rent, you push them out, right? So that's how you get a situation like notice. Like it was the art district, but nobody's there now. Why? We can't afford to stay there. No. South End, it was popping down here, but you push everyone out. We can't afford to stay there. Plaza Midwood's the same thing, right? That's the last vestige where all, and I mean this, all sides of like creative life come to meet. Punks, trap rappers, painters, poets, yeah. dancers, Drive whoever. By the thirsty Beaver. 
drive by the Thirsty Beaver, yes. you'll see the most eclectic group. You've got Isn't bikers, it? you've got everyone. It's it's everything. Yeah, and I think and I think stepping back to the whole gentrification part, and we talked and said something about this earlier about Plaza Midwood is when it when it comes to gentrifying, I understand certain points of bringing new uh, things, but also art will help bring beautification to different areas as well, too. Most people are like, oh, it's not a far district because we haven't fully gentrified moving now. That's not necessary. You need to bring money into those neighborhoods. There's a lot of artists and growing up artists or high schoolers and stuff like that that can be pulled from there to help beautify the areas with their mural or street arts. Just pushing money into the areas like, um, for instance, like Statesville Avenue and things like that is what really is needed to develop that art district, not kicking everybody out and putting a million dollar home over there. Right. Right. Give this neighborhood money to put a mural up and make it look good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of endearing and insulting that the value of your property or your home is predicated on the work that I did for free for the sake of the public, right? And then you come in, you monetize that, and then you spit in my face by either removing me or, 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 or blocking my entry into the space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, this is this, you know, this is the history of being black in America to some degree. But, you know, you, you sometimes feel like you're 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 integrating your people into a burning home, as MLK once put it. Right. So, you know, you invest your time, your blood, sweat and tears and money into beautifying something. And you know that you are essentially inviting people in that are going to force decimate it and force you out. Right. Yeah. And that's you, you see that, you know, you see that in the stories of the common markets in South End, you know, mm -hmm. that been there and Gaines Brown who owned the land. And again, albeit he bought the land back when it was a shithole. Nobody wanted to be in South End. And it came a time where he's old as hell and he's like, I'm going to sell it. And yeah. it turns into the, the new dimension funds building, whatever it is. And they were crazy. I would go to the meetings out in South End is how do we make this building's architecture and design do some justice to this cool area where black sheep was, right? Yes. And whether they hit it on the head or not, you know, however you feel about it either way, that is there and that is going to be a thing. And now the individuals there, like Black Sheep went to Plaza Midwood and mm -hmm. Central. And I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like their new spot better than like the South yeah. spot. I think it's a much better location. But how does that not happen again in eight more years? You know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, even um, it's so funny. We, you know, we were in South End and I built this business from the ground up and I didn't want that to happen. So I worked my dick off and I bought this building in 2016 because I'm not going to get pushed out. Mm -hmm. So how do someone like myself who did that, and we don't want to knock it down, we want to take an old warehouse, and you can get grant money and go to keep, I want to keep it as is, I want to restore it. How do you use, I've got four walls, I've got four giant billboards attached to this on the outside. How does someone like myself or another business owner or property owner in the city who hears this and goes, yeah, I got a building here, cool, what about it? Well, you got four giant fucking billboards to either display right. art. Mm -hmm to you know to create some kind of like i love the idea of a mural program mm -hmm. like that that's a concept that you hear it and every a good ideas are obvious to everyone that's that's just like fuck yeah you should, of course you have a mural program that sounds amazing yeah every city is quite why don't you have that in charlotte and then why can't business so let place like say, yeah here we go here's money and here's a space mm -hmm. go to town do something cool yeah yeah like why can't there just be a cool movement like that where if hey you own a building and go ahead and you're donating you're building and you're throwing in cash for the supplies and then you turn around to a bunch of creatives. I don't care who it is. It's like, come up with an awesome idea. Something that just screams the neighborhood. So especially this area. This is like this low-so, this weird, like, uh, yeah. disenfranchised little brother of South End. Mm -hmm. yeah, it ain't mm -hmm. cool yet. It will be. Fuck, we got a quick trip. It's cool. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. coming, right? It's, it's coming. coming. But, like, yeah. how, can, how can business owners and stuff like that who have the ability, like, how, who could they, how can they reach out and start doing stuff like that? Because the first thing, again, like you said, we could go and just get artists to just gorilla it and just take mm -hmm. over. They just go and put art places. But 
it's way more secure and it's way more lasting if it comes as a collaboration between yeah. you know those who um, have buildings and spots and, and places where public art can be seen and shared and embraced. So, so I can, I can tell you right now, there are some independent programs in Charlotte that exist to do that very thing. So I've been, I've been a part of two of them. The first one was called Art Pop, right? Art Pop is a independent program that was started in conjunction with the Arts and Science Council, where Adams Outdoor donated, I think, like 16 to 20 billboards yeah. in the city. And, and, and artists could submit their work. Um, it was juried by a panel. And those artists had those pieces blown up to like 40 by 14 foot um, vinyls that were put on these billboards and they stayed there for a year, right? So anybody knows anything about advertising, it costs $10,000 a month to have a billboard oh, in yeah. the city, right? So that was like one of the first big steps that anybody took in the city to putting artists on the front lines, bringing attention to people. So for me to have a billboard that had my name right outside the airport, that was dope, right? That was the first time I was actually encouraged to do something, right? And then um, one of the homies, uh, Alex DeLarge, right? Him and his team started the Southern Tire Collective. And if you know those guys, they are crushing walls every chance they get. Like you give them an inch of a brick, they're gonna take a mile and do something yeah. crazy with it, right? They were able to finesse a situation where they could start the Talking Walls Festival, right? So every October, um, they hunt down 16 or so walls, and they turn into a whole three-day weekend of them bringing in international artists and local artists at the same time to simultaneously do large-scale work in the city, right? So hopefully this will be year three. Now, we can encourage these things. We can make it happen. And in the words of Ohavia Phillips and stuff, if you want to see more, pull up. And it's just as simple as you don't necessarily have to be in the room, but a simple DM, hey, I saw you did some cool shit. How can I get down, right? So it could just be as simple as you saying, if if Talking Walls uh, wants to come down to Loso and do some shit, I got the space for it. Y'all can do whatever the fuck you want. Matter of fact, I will help to crowdfund some extra money for whoever you bring in, right? That's what I was about to say. Because a part of the issue is, of course, capitalism sometimes rears its ugly head. And, and if you know you can get a free mural every October, sure, sure you're going to do it. But if you want quality work, if you want to grow this, if you want to be a business that not only maintains that traffic, but you're a part of our community, because, you know, we fuck with people that fuck with us, right? Mm -hmm. Try to raise some money. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that hard. Like, we, we have seen what, like, a crowdfunder or, or a Kickstarter, Kickstarter we can yeah. do. Like, we, 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 we've seen what $1 donations yeah. can do over the course of and time. And that's for Dumb shit, even. Yeah. Dumb yeah. shit. Yeah. Let alone something that actually means. Something. Yeah. Dumb shit, but like you know, like a lasting piece of art. Yeah. Feel what I'm saying, you know, or, or or maybe or maybe you just okay for like movement, right? You have four walls, right? You have friends that have warehouses with four walls. How dope would it be if you had the people of Loso, the people of just South Charlotte in general, create like some kind of like fun where y'all raise like fifty thousand bucks, which probably wouldn't be that hard, you know? Like get five dollars from everybody that lives down here, right? Fifty thousand dollars for a rotating wall program right so you have places like miami and winwood they change those walls out every quarter mm -hmm. they commission the artists like two thousand three thousand five thousand dollars whatever right people are constantly in those neighborhoods to take those pictures they're constantly going in and out these businesses to patron why because it's dope the energy is there you, you you're a part of history you're being memorialized in a movement right you gave money to a movement that is something Charlotte is slowly learning about the value of investing in their creatives. We would like to expedite as quickly as possible, but the power's in your hands. It's in your pocket. 
I think a good example, honestly, if people kind of forget all about them and not pay attention, but Columbia, South Carolina. Over the last decade, and especially around the USC campus on Gervais Street, they've mm-hmm. invested a lot more money into the idea of building the art culture there. Artists of all different nations, all different styles and backgrounds, but of, from anywhere from street art to wall art to putting up um, co-working spaces that are dedicated to artists and stuff like that as well, too. And just the amount of foot traffic that has increased for that. It was already an area, too, but the amount of foot traffic that increased allowed other businesses to come. Granted, it's not all, you know, stuff that you might be like, oh, this should be here because they put Urban Outfitters out there. But at the same time, <laughs> just that investment into that pro- into that program there where they do commission out different artists every other year, I think. I, can't, I don't remember. And if somebody who's listening knows, feel free to correct me on this one. I just noticed when I go down there. It has brought so much business into the actual businesses that are there because people are just hanging out in the area. Yeah. As in, you could open up a vegan-only ice cream spot and the people are just there like, oh, I'm here. Let me just try it and see. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, you know, get on these calls once a month now with a lot of the, like, Beacon, a lot of these landowners down in here, and everyone's trying to talk about this Loso neighborhood and how to mm-hmm. make it become a thing, right? How to give it an identity. And they have an identity. you got to have a personality. A, mm-hmm. You know, you got to start to develop that brand. And, I, you know, you think about the things people love to have. They love to have parks and recreation, all these things that are all great. It, it, those take a minute. That requires stuff that's not there. And the, the nice mm-hmm. thing about art and even the mural program and stuff like what you guys are talking about is – the canvas is there the creative the individuals the technicians to to you know to do them is there just coming up with a unified vision and and making it making it happen um i literally i just want to like clip the last like 12 minutes and just fucking slide that into the you know vise the dms <laughs> right there We're like that's that's the program right there yeah. exactly what's laid out like that's like a floating wall program it's got different themes different whatever commission other artists in from other cities i think that's awesome i love yeah. that what is artists Art's not learned in school, right? Where do you guys find your, like, you, I got to imagine you're, you've, you know, as an artist, you also at some point, you have a show, like, you can paint, my Angela, you can paint till you fucking die. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you start commissioning young talent and wanting to harbor that to help carry on, especially with an organization like the market, like what you guys have, because that's a collective. Mm-hmm. Where do you find, where do you source your young talent? It's, uh, you, go in the, you go into the art program at UNCC, or are you finding these kids just like with their own Instagram account and their own, you know, uh, SoundCloud making some cool shit? Like, where are you finding these guys? So, Honestly, so a lot of people actually kind of gravitate. We've built, been able to build an attitude around us where people are just able to gravitate. So literally, as in I was checking the DMs before I got here, there's a bunch of men's like, oh, my gosh, we saw this project program going on. What can I do? I'm a videographer. I'm cool, a photographer. Cool, I'm a yeah. painter. How can I be a part of this project? You got that magnetic pull now. Yeah. yeah. Granted, I, I, tell, I say this now. Uh, we have been able to grow in the last three years of being a black market. It's hard for me to reach out back to everybody. But what we tell people to do is – just pop up if you've seen us do an event pop up we're willing to talk to people hang out with people um he's going to speak at different schools from anywhere from middle schools to colleges i've done the same thing as well too and we just kind of pull in people from there it's not always um i'm going to the school looking for someone but somebody's willing to be like, oh i know you i do this can i come by and check out this yes uh we are i'm doing a shoot this day i want somebody to come, i'll make a post say i want somebody to come shoot behind the scenes It'd be 13 people hit me up and say, hey, can I just pop up? I just want to get some practice in. Come on by. I need to help. Do you find most people are coming to you guys like, I, I'm an artist. I've got art. I don't know if it's good yet. It's never hit the market. It's never hung up in a coffee shop or at a gallery. I've never gotten a spot in a show. How do I push my stuff besides social? Oh, yeah, right definitely. Yeah, yeah. We, we get a lot of those all the time. Um, I'm, I'm really good at cursing people out and, <laughs> until they like um, do what I want them to do. 
So, um, you know, I believe in aggressive positivity and stuff, right? You know, some, sometimes we're coddled a little bit too much and stuff, you know, sometimes we have the wrong motherly imagery saying that's all right. No, it's not all right. Um, I believe as a community, we all need to be in sync, right? So part of the reason why, uh, the arts community in Charlotte isn't where it should be is because there are a lot of people still in hiding, right? They aren't being loud. They aren't forcing themselves into spaces and stuff, right? And I get it. It's hard. It's difficult. It's scary. Sometimes I don't want to force myself to the table, right? Because the fear of rejection mm -hmm. is a real thing. But if we're all pushing for something, right? You know, in, in, in the same way that all these breweries force themselves into existence all of a sudden, and the way like a lot of these CrossFit gyms and workout places have forced themselves into even, you know, even the way Huga and places like Huga yeah. have forced themselves into everyday life, right? We need artists and creatives to do the same thing. So me personally, I'm really not searching for people like via like uh, UNCC or like art departments and stuff. You, you know, that's a little different. You know, when, when, when you're given an assignment to do, you're not attacking it the same way you would if you're doing it independently. So I like to skim through it. Growing too. Yeah, so you're, you're like, still it's hard for us to go look for somebody. We're still technically growing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like I like to go look for people like via like Instagram. I like to find people yeah. via Twitter, and I especially like to find people if I catch them out in public working being an actual artist. That's yeah. what I like to catch see. Catch them in the wild. Yeah, yeah, catch them in the wild. I was like, oh, yeah. you you being active. Yeah. Well, let me holler at you. We got a, we got this magical place. you got that one thing that you can't train in anybody, which is that ability to say, fuck it, and go out there and just do it. Right. Instead of knocking on doors whenever someone answers, you kick it in. Yes, and action. Yes. Some, of my, some of my best photographer friends are people I used to see on Instagram when we was first hanging out and trying to like, yo, they are, yo, they photos of fire. Who is this? Who is this? I start finding them. We all start hanging out. We learn from each other, and that's really pretty much how I developed myself was from people that I saw that I like. I have no problem reaching out to someone and say, hey, like your work, can I just come hang out? They don't need to tell me anything. I'm just going to hang around and watch. And people, and granted, some people are weird about that too. So I have to say, don't, don't, don't reach out to every artist. <laughs> say, can I come out back and watch? Some stuff is weird, but just be respectable of each other's time. So let's go. I'm, you know, everyone is listening. Obviously, the the big thing. I keep, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures will be taken on that mural in the next <laughs> two hours. Probably yeah. happen, yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me the scope of it. How many artists uh, did you curate to come together to work on that? Okay. Black so, Lives Matter mural. Yeah, okay, happen? so, all right, so, so this, this is essentially how it happened, right? Now, I'm going to start from the very beginning. Um, a few years ago, I met a young lady named Sam Guzzi. Uh, she, uh, she came from Philly, I believe, and, you know, she's a dope oil painter. I actually found her in in South End, um, at an interior design shop. And um, I invited her over to the studio one day and we were just kind of like talking. And she told me like uh, she wanted, she wanted to see more murals. She wanted to see like more people creating. And I kind of like gave her like this very aggressive speech with a lot of F-bombs and stuff about how people need to play their roles and stuff, right? So if your role is doing like admin shit, if you want to see this program, do it, right? Follow through. Well, the opportunity came knocking for her to finally like put this on. And uh, she started like a, she started this thing called Brand the Moth, it's a nonprofit organization. She started a mural residency program in which she brings in people who have never touched a wall before, gives them the resources and the training they need behind it. And lo and behold, gets a phone call. Hey, would you like to do a Black Lives Matter mural? Shit, let me get people online. She calls me, all right? 
Does and she have her own studio? Where does she operate out of? She uh she actually has a warehouse not too far from here. So she she's located I'd down here on this end. Get her on the next one, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll get I'll give I'll give y'all all her information yeah. and stuff, right? But um she contacted me to help curate and stuff, right? And I appreciate that because, you know, I like to network, I talk to people, I'm constantly out in the streets. But also, you know, nobody wants to be, be tone deaf, right? If you're doing a Black Lives Matter mural, you don't wanna not have black lives out there painting a mural. So I kind of like go back into my old Rolodex of Avengers that we've used for past (laughs) events, people that we've talked to, people we've worked with, collaborated with. And, you know, it's hard trying to get 16 people to commit to a project on a Sunday afternoon and have designs submitted and approved by 2 p.m. on Monday so they can wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and paint a full 20-foot letter in the middle of a busy street on a Tuesday, right? It's hard. You know, it it takes a lot. But I, you know, I just personally was thankful that she not only remembered that conversation, but she actually followed through with the actions behind our talk, right? Um, I'm happy that somebody actually held me accountable to the shit I was talking to them to follow up and help them out when it came time to, you know, get the work. And I've always believed in this idea uh, of being in sync with each other, right? Um, community can't exist if people aren't taking action, right? So I'm pretty sure for you, like, what's the point of you opening a studio like this if it's no juice bars, yeah. no, 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 no healthy eateries, right? No, like, doctor's offices and shit, right? Your, your work is for not. It means absolutely nothing. There's a network of things that need to be in place for you to make money, right? Mm-hmm. So if you see other gyms are making money, okay, that's good. That means people are primed and prepped and ready yeah. to yep. get fucking fit. You're, if you're a gas station, you're a quick trip. There's nothing better for business than a, a Sunilco to open up across the street. Right. right. That's what you need. It's like, okay, so people need gas in this area, right? So for me, being able to talk to artists and other creatives that are like, I know how to paint, but my interests are in art administration. My interests are in writing grants. My, my, my interests are in going to board meetings and, and talking about getting funding for creative programs and stuff, right? That's what I need. That's what we all need. Like, I'm not that good at like public speaking. I mean, I'm pretty sure I sound dope with this podcast, but <laughs> sure, do. I'm not. Yeah, 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 but I'm not the one out here doing the research on where the money is and yeah. stuff. Right? I'm just here to kind of inspire and get the work done. And I'm happy for people like Sam. I'm happy for people like Alex. Um, I'm happy for like uh, the, the the team that puts on Art Pop. We need more of that, and we need more people like you, the listeners at home, to kind of like. Yep invest and pour into these programs so that people like me don't have to work so fucking hard to make fetch happen. Y'all remember that movie? Yeah. Uh, Mingri- okay, yes, okay, yeah, there you go. And I'll, I'll even add this to it. Even if you can't invest, the biggest thing you can do is use, is to become an ally and help people to find the money they need to invest. That's the other biggest thing. When it comes to starting a lot of these programs and doing things like that in general, to some people, because I said we don't look qualified enough to get the grant or the money to actually do it. And so I hate to say it, sometimes we do need that assistance help with somebody coming as a cosign. Sorry. It's a timer for something. You good? You good? <laughs> but we do sometimes we do need help with that cosign to actually come in and actually get that done. So even if you can't donate, donate your time to helping us find that money. I love it. I think uh I think Charlotte obviously being the fast growing city it is and with gentrification being a hot topic, you can't see the agenda post up or any of these news outlets post up about a new anything going up 
and then you've got a dick kicking contest in the comments about right. how and, and there there's got to be there you know you can't have a growing city without having some of these areas but there's a way to preserve there's a way to do it appropriately there's mm -hmm. a way to not price everybody out of a neighborhood there's there's a lot of strategies and things like that that exist in the actual economics of the urbanization of any city or any neighborhood as far as that goes but you think about art is the thing that makes places cool first and foremost and mm -hmm. you know and art being beyond a moss art wall or a mural on the ground or whatever it may be it's in the it's in the design of a city and like again i, I think a central i think a central in plaza midwood and like when you said i, I would say that it's probably the most quintessential art district i would say you just go down there you got the reggae shop you got a nova's bakery you got this you got like it was just very eclectic very cool and you hate seeing places like that lose that identity and uh i don't think it's the i, I think it's uh you can't you can't bitch in the comments about it about how you don't like that shit going away without actually doing something about it without actually going you know i guarantee you go around to any one of these little neighborhoods and you go to a bunch of different business owners be like hey what can we do on your property to, to make this place come to life a little bit more, to tell the city, the story of this town, this area, the people who live here, the things that we do here, what we want to be known for, all that. Um, no, I definitely, uh, you know, off, off uh, the podcast, I would love to jam and see what we could potentially do. Mm -hmm. Every warehouse behind here just got bought up. And so we have this giant 96-foot wall, literally the span of this fucking wall on the outside, that, that's going to be facing all this new development and stuff like that. And, it's, and when you look at it, you see the city, and then you're going to see that. And it's gonna be a it's gonna be a giant open mural to do some some really cool shit on. So I'd, yeah, I'd love the the jam on with some possibility and collaboration with doing something with that. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, we're always down to help really with cool. a program yeah. or something like that. So. Yeah. And where can, you know, because you guys, you guys obviously have your own uh, merch. You have your own products that you sell to the public as far as that, you know, in different aspects of art. Where can people find you guys? They want to support. They just want to get in contact. They just want to drop you a DM and say, hey, I thought that was dope work you did. Where can they do that? Okay, so first you can find our collective, Black Market Charlotte, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and website at Black Market Charlotte. That's B-L-K-M-R-K-T-C-L-T. Uh, you just type that in, you'll find us throughout, all throughout on Google. Uh, if and you you're physically located in Camp Yes, North and we're Camp physically Northern. located in Camp Norton, 1824 Statesville Avenue, Suite 106. Uh, DM us for popping in right now. We're a little small space, so we don't need a lot of people popping in right now because Corona is still alive out here. But we are welcome people to come in and check out the artwork that we have on the wall. If you want to donate, just go to our website. Um, there's a couple links on there. If you have anything particular in mind that you want to donate to or create a program around us, send us a message. I'll be the one to respond to it. If you want to find me personally, I'm Simplistic Phobia, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-T-I-C-P-H-O-B-I-A. That's B as in beta on Instagram and all your stuff. like it. Oh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I'm easy to find. I'm just a guy on the internet. So if you want to follow me, it's uh, dammit underscore Wesley, D-A-M-M-I-T underscore Wesley, W-E-S-L-E-Y. Um, What's once the I get, story behind it? The story behind it? Is that it? just like your mom yelling, damn it, Wesley, what the <laughs> fuck you doing? You know, okay, so, okay, you know, it's multiple origins of my name. And you know I'm 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 gonna be like the Joker right now and say yeah sure you know my mother screamed out damn it Wesley <laughs> a lot but you know also maybe it was a situation where I was sitting in a room one time with a close friend and he looked at my phone and he saw a number pop up or did it look very familiar and he said God <laughs> damn it Wesley at the top of his lungs to which I respond why'd you say that he said the person called your phone looks like Wesley Snipes and in a petty fit I went and immediately changed my Twitter handle 
to Damon Wesley to spite the person who was calling me. Now, either one of those stories could be true or false. <laughs> you have to find, get a time machine to find out. <laughs> I love it, guys. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. I have one question before we leave. I want to yes. know about your letter. So yes. you painted the B, right? Yes. Yes. Is there anything you want to talk about with okay. what you were going for with the, that letter? Okay, yeah. So, um, okay, so within the letter B, um, there is a reoccurring motif that I use. Um, I, I like to use Storm from like the 1970s, from the, clip, from the Chris Claremont run of the X-Men, right? Um, the idea being within pop culture, there's like this recurring imagery of like a crying girl. And uh, during that time period of comments, Storm was very emotional. She was very in touch. Because, you know, she's a control of the weather, so when she cries, it rains. Um, I like to use her as a stand-in or an allegory for being black in America. For her specifically within the context of that comic book, she is a black woman. She is a mutant. She is a superhero. And despite those three things, she is... Uh, discriminated against by not only the people around her but the people she saves on a daily basis so if you go out there and you have an opportunity to read a quote the quote asks the question um do I not matter will I ever why won't you love me America and I'm just gonna leave it at that a lot of us share those feelings we have those sentiments and stuff um we don't know how much longer we can save the world or bear the burdens of America's history on our backs before we just cave into the fact that we will no longer be loved or the love won't be reciprocated. So do with that as you will. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Were you a comic book nerd growing up? Oh yeah, you, definitely. That your thing? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I mean, sp specifically like, uh, I mean, Marvel comics. They had well, all comics back in the day had like a lot of social commentary, but for Marvel to pull out the X Men and it was legitimately yeah. like. An allegory for the civil rights movement yeah and then today they make the movies and people just somehow don't get the connection the connection between martin luther king and malcolm x and the nation of islam and all those things and you're mad because sometimes they make these they're just like characters. Hugh jackman's jacked yeah yeah like. he, yeah he swole <laughs> and how dare they make some of these characters black it's like well you know they're based <laughs> off black people so i really don't <laughs> Stan Lee was a joker. They, they, those guys weren't joking around. They're historians in their own right. They are. 100%. Him, yeah, him, him and Jack Kirby did their thing, and I like to look at pop culture as a place where there are a lot of people in positions of power that were civil rights activists, not in a traditional sense, because, you know, creatives have the ability to manipulate the p people to see things certain ways, but people like him and Jack Kirby and even um, fucking Hugh Hefner, right? Oh, yeah. They were using their platforms to change how the world not only looked at black people, but black to look at women and women of color specifically right they use their challenge to try to change the world now if you didn't get the message you didn't get the message mm, and that's probably by choice yeah i love it man guys thank you so much for yeah, taking the time you. to come in no I mean, problem and uh what's uh what's next is you guys talked about doing anything else mm, i mean we're we're, we're 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 discussing some things and when we we can't mention it right now yeah. on the podcast we're working on details by the end of this well i'm not sure when this podcast is coming out within a couple of days when we're recording it so we should have some more info but cool. if you want to see what's next follow our instagram black market charlotte right now yeah, we'll or go to our website and subscribe because you're going to probably get an email within like next few days yeah awesome. you're going to love it it's going to be great awesome, awesome. Yeah. thanks guys appreciate it thank, thank you. you thank you